What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 46 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our newest episode of the new year, right? Is that too many news? Well, I mean, it's... I guess every episode we record is the newest episode when we record. I don't know if we want to get in like the habit of calling it I wanted the to, newest episode. I wanted to foster some excitement. I mean, I understand that, but like, there's going to be an episode after this one, and if someone listens to that and then goes back one, it's just going to throw them off. That's true. And plus, it is the second of the new year also. A little so bit more confusing. Just, right, so... Well, it's episode 46. <laughs> I guess starting over is not an option, so nope. we're just going to roll with it. And uh, I think most importantly, I have to get something off my chest early on in this episode so that I don't have like a, a lingering hatred towards you going through the entire episode. I mean, it's like I kind of... I mean, I feel like it's still going to be there a little bit. It's been, it's been a few days now. Well, there's normally at least like a mild distaste that, that, well, yeah. is, that is present throughout the podcast... Uh, you know, mostly. Is that because I cut you off all the time? Uh, well, it c- could be that. I purposely did it that time. I mean, you could keep listing the things. I think you know what they all are, so. Yeah, I think I know what the main one is, it's though. It's fairly apparent. For this episode, anyways. But. For this newest episode. <laughs> for those of you that are new listening to this podcast for the first time, I have a, a very strong affinity for the Golden Gate Park Disc Golf Course. I live very close to it. It's I, a great course. I played it a lot, and and really enjoy going back there uh, on a regular basis as much as I humanly can. But these days, I live a little bit further north. I got babies. I got a family. I don't get there as much as I, I possibly could. And, you know, the last thing I expected was my best friend in the whole world to to just kind of sneak away one day and go play my favorite course without even telling me. and And not only play it play just a single round and come back but to play two full rounds and and i find out when he posts a scorecard not not hey buddy you know i know we're good friends i'm gonna do this i know you can't make it today but i have this opportunity i'm gonna go take i mean i titled you know, the, i titled the scorecard sorry robin <laughs> i mean i knew it was happening listen i before early in the week said hey I'm going to play disc golf on Friday. Do you think you can get away? And you said, no. Not going to happen. Uh-huh. Had you said yes, I would have stuck around and played a local course with you. Maybe, You know, maybe if you told but, me that there were going to be delicious Triscuit crackers, i.e. the Golden Gate Park disc golf course. Listen, we both... I would have made a stronger effort to... We both know that wasn't going to happen. I just, you know... We both know that wasn't going to happen. This is a major... The only reason I went to Golden Gate was I knew I had the day... And I thought to myself, well, I could go play Taylor, but I play that course all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, what else courses could I go to? I've got, I've got the day to myself. Robin uh, is too busy working. He doesn't want to hang out with me and, and play disc golf. I could go to Skyline. And I was like, you know what, Skyline, it's, it's Skyline, not a good course. In Napa, California. Right, it's not a good course to go by yourself. In wine country. There's lots of hills. Uh, it's good to have people spotting your disc. Then I went, oh, I go to... To Lake Stafford, which is in Nevada, which is a big booming course in hills. Same thing. Like, not good for a single person. I went, you know what? I'm not that far away. It's early in the morning. I can get out to Golden Gate. I probably could jump in and play Mm. with a few people. Or at least, you know, I'll be able to play that course by myself. It's a cool course. 
And so I went for it. Yeah. And, and it was uh, amazing. Yeah, I, I bet it was. And you just decided to hurt me instead of possibly playing a course. It's going to be a little bit hard. Poor Joe can't play Skyliner Stafford all by himself. Golden Gate is still a little bit hard. Golden <laughs> Gate's not like an easy course. <laughs> if you are in the San Francisco area or flying in San Francisco and you are a disc golfer, go play Golden Gate. It's, yes. It's an amazing course and, and well worth your time. Uh, easily one of the best courses in the area and totally free in the middle of Golden Gate Park, which is an awesome place to go to begin with. If you are in the area, Golden Gate Park on its own has literally like hundreds of things that you can do in that park alone. This huge park that stretches through the uh, western part of the city, um, you know, leading pretty much all the way down to the ocean. I mean, you can almost walk to the ocean through Golden Gate Park. I mean, you can get pretty darn close. Um, but yeah, so I, I just couldn't pass it up. It was awesome. Um, and I played pretty well the first round. The second round, wind picked up. I started to get a little bit tired. Like mm-hmm. whole 13, second we, round. We call, we call this karma. This is, I was, you know, I was, the wheels were coming off. The realization that you had hurt your very good friend came to and you started what, to though? affect your disc Here, golf play. Here's the thing. My disc golf play was actually decent. My first round was actually like my best round ever at Golden Gate. Um, but here's what's, what really happened. Karma did kick me in the ass because uh, I came in today to this podcast and showed Robin how I've got poison oak like all over. <laughs> and I like don't even get poison oak. Like I can like go through a, a bush and pull discs out and like rub my hand in some grass and be fine <laughs> and not get it. But somehow I got into something dirty in Golden Gate and have like poison oak. Like, everywhere. So there's there's my karma. There is sneaky poison oak uh, hanging out in Golden Gate Park, for sure. But it, 100% worth it. <laughs> yeah. 100% uh, worth well, it. I'm glad that you got poison oak. Well, see, I guess... It, and then I pulled, like, the ultimate dick move of on my way back into town, I stopped at Robin's place of business... To brag about it. To, to brag about it and, and chat yeah. it up with him about my uh, my awesome rounds that I had at Golden Gate Park. Yeah, that that must have been that must have been great. You must have had a wonderful time while I was working, and you know, I did. I I may or may not have been stabbing a a voodoo doll, you know, with poison oak. Yeah, it was. I made like a voodoo doll of you that was putting, and I like would stab its arm. You didn't do that good because my putting was actually uh, pretty decent. Well, then it was when you were driving. I don't I don't know. Whenever you screwed up, that was me. You put like a tree in front of me. <laughs> that could have been it. I feel like that was like the only thing that like really did me wrong. <laughs> Was like hitting early trees or having like bad skips off trees. Yeah. So if if you hear me treating Joe particularly poorly in this episode, what's new? You know what I'm saying? More, hey. more so than I normally do. It's it's just harbored jealousy of the fact that he got to play one of my favorite all time favorite courses. We're gonna go in a couple weeks. We are. That should be good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it in in a towards the end of, of January. Hopefully the weather will be good. Yeah. And we'll I'll get to get to play it then. So and it was yeah. super it was super fun. But I lived very close to Golden Gate for, for about a year and played it as much as humanly possible during that time. You know, was playing after work right. like and every day. Like, and I'm at like maybe six rounds total, so you can't be that mad. It, there's there's a I mean, it's absolutely certain that you will never play Golden Gate more than I already have. No, it's not going to happen. No way. Because I, for a whole year, I probably played it three to five Unless times. Unless I can week. take every Friday off 
for the rest of time. Yeah. And go play two rounds every Friday morning. Yeah, that's it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So, but it it was great. It's in in a beautiful beautiful spot. So if you're visiting the Bay Area, check out Golden Gate. Um, I I guess I'll just go into the the next couple of courses. If you're visiting the Bay Area, um, hit up Golden Gate Park. If you have the time, drive down to De La Viega. We've said this before, yes. but it's well worth your time. And Santa Cruz is beautiful. Like if you're with family and they want to do something cool, the beach in San Diego or San Diego and Santa Cruz is way cooler than the beach in yep. San Francisco. Yep. Like if you're in the Bay Area and you want to go to the beach, go to Santa Cruz. Yeah. And play some disc golf. Yep. Exactly. Drive drive a couple hours down to Santa Cruz and play disc golf there. There's also Black Mouse, which is a cool course in that area as well. De La Viega, which is the Masters Cup course. If you want to look at plenty of great videos on CCDG, if you don't already know what it is, I'm sure you do. But check that out. Next two courses, if you want to go north of the Bay Area, go to Stafford Lake. If you are going to Stafford Lake, I would highly recommend finding someone that's played the course before. It's a tough or course. Or hit us up. You can. You can send us a message, and we will either find someone to help you, or hopefully we can help you. Hopefully meet you as well. But it's a course that needs a spotter. There's a couple of holes that are blind. It's a long course. It's just a course that's a lot easier with someone that kind of knows the lay of the land. Also, there's like a not super long, but you know, a, a kind of mini hike to get to the first the first tee. So it, it, there could be some confusion there. It's not too bad. I mean, we're talking like I don't know, maybe a third of a mile. Yeah, quarter mile maybe to to the first tee from the parking lot. So. That'd be another one, and then uh, Taylor Mountain in Santa Rosa, which is an awesome little course that you can play anytime. Super, super friendly. Um, there's, there's a lot of elevation. There's lot technical. There's a lot of technicality to it. And then, lastly, would be Skyline in Napa. So, if you're flying into San Francisco and you love disc golf, that's that's yeah. where you need to go. And you can get, you know, so you can see. Uh, Skyline on CCDG also, so yep. they did a tournament they do. there uh, in the green the, season, the, which we are in now. The Vintage Cup, on, right? On, if you want to see that course on uh, on the CCD on CCDG's YouTube page, right? So, and to take one ones. quick step back, uh, if you are coming through and you do want to play De La Viega, and it happens to be Father's Day, we will most likely be there. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's now an annual trip for Father's Day La. Just uh, thought I'd sprinkle that in. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, absolutely. Like, to the point that my wife, like, already... So, uh, she's planning a trip. She's already booked the trip with her uh, mother and sister to go to Harry Potter World. Oh, really? Uh, during spring break. And I was like, well, cool. Then, at some point, then I'm going to go take, like, a disc golf trip. And she was like, well, you're already going to go to Santa Cruz for Father's Day. So, it's already, like, set in stone. She <laughs> knows that that's what happens during Father's Day. Uh-huh. But still, I was like, well, no, that's that's Father's Day. That's a different thing. Yeah. I still get some disc golf time during spring break. <laughs> yeah. But I did love the fact that she, like, already has it in her calendar, mm-hmm. the knowledge that Santa Cruz happens during Father's Day. Our, our annual Father's Day Law trip, which should be a thing for everybody. Like, yeah. Father's Day Law should be... It should just, just be the thing. Like, everyone should go to Disc Golf Mecca, De yep. La Viega, on Father's Day. And by everyone, we mean, like... Not everyone, because I don't want that'd be kind of rough to be yeah. have an impacted course. Uh, but let if us play, you can watch us play. No. You don't want to watch us play. No, probably not. I don't want you to watch us play. <laughs> but you can play with us. 
Absolutely. So, Anyways. <laughs> moving on. I think, uh, one, I'll, I'll go uh, right in. I'd like to preview our episode that's coming up. We have a great episode for you. We are going to do our uh, world-famous deer review, which is our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and tell you whether you should bring it on the course. So today we have the Dynamic Disc Trespass, which is a distance driver by Dynamic Discs, and then we have the 21st Amendment Sneak Attack, which is a 6.2% Saison. Saison. So we have Trespass and Sneak Attack, as in like, you're trespassing, and then you would sneak attack someone, right? Right. I feel that's like if a, someone's like yeah. trespassing, they might be planning a sneak attack. I feel like that's a solid connection. I, I think two. so. I think it works well. Solid pairing. I I I wholeheartedly applaud Joe who came up with it. Yeah, totally. That's... Maybe it'll be all chains. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, wow, we have now, sound effects. There's now a basket in the studio, and I just had that idea come to me, uh, and I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. We're also going to talk about uh, Jeremy Colling did a recent interview on the CCDG YouTube channel where he went through the discs that he's been throwing on Innova, which I thought was really interesting. So we want to talk about that. We also have probably the, some of the biggest news of the new year so far, which was Valerie Jenkins leaving Innova and citing, you know, some some. Uh, real issues of, of female disc golfers and the kind of disadvantages that she felt she experienced uh, with Innova and a lot as of, a woman in general as a woman in general in in the sports landscape and so I think it's an important thing to discuss definitely as as uh, you know people in this world and then also uh, relevant to disc golf as well and uh, the next thing that I'll get to the thing we're going to talk about next on this podcast which is public relations, which is a, a really important thing in just about any person that has any sort of public persona, whether you are a huge sports star or a small sports star or, you know, a regional politician or a, a local newspaper, whatever it is, your ability to, to present a a positive image to the public is extremely important and to convey the message and the image that you're looking for it doesn't have to be conventional you don't have to be a perfect person doing right. the right thing all the time but you have to hit your audience i get it all right i was a little tipsy on my birthday <laughs> it was my birthday all right grand we were playing uh with some people who enjoy the podcast I don't think I did anything wrong. You don't need to bag on me. It doesn't need to turn into a big thing because I might have had a beer or two plus some shots. For once, Joe, I'm not talking about you. Oh, of course you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kept your pants on, so that's I consider that a win for the day. I mean, it happens here and there. Yeah. I mean, you know, pants can get itchy. Sometimes you got to take them off. Like all the time. Weird. Okay, Anyways. too far. Way too far. In any case, <coughs> what what we are referring to is an incident that occurred on Overstable Studios, which is a a uh, disc golf. Um, he's a designer. He does video editing. He does all kinds of different lots things. Lots of graphics for Lots videos. of graphic work. Photog- I guess he doesn't do a lot of video editing, but um, photography. Uh, I see a ton of photography on his Instagram. Um, and he does like all like then, the graphic like layouts he and does, layovers and stuff exactly. and CCDG does, videos and whatnot. Does a lot of work with CGD, CCDG. Um, 
to to put together their their graphic work and has a, a nice logo himself and really kind of respected member but he posted a picture on his instagram you know asking whether nico was going to con- asking his followers whether nico was going to continue to post a or play a mixed bag and and you know whether they thought what is sponsorship he was just future to nice, like highlight he of was nico. just it was a good picture of yeah it's a nice picture of nico he was just kind of trying to engage his followers and start a discussion and what ensued was a couple of of his followers people making comments that were a little bit snide towards nico mm-hmm. um and nico saw these comments and uh lashed out flat out just lashed out yeah and it, the comments were were accusing nico of you know having a temper and what and that that he was you know, losing sponsors as a result, and then until he he fixed his his attitude and his temper issues, that he would have trouble getting a sponsor. And they weren't friendly. It wasn't nice. You know, right. as is commonplace on the internet, you're not going to get friendly comments, and you don't always have to uh, engage those. Right. People. It was on. It was on Instagram too. I wonder what happened if it was on Reddit. Yeah. Or My goodness. I don't know if I don't think I've ever seen Nico on Reddit. But maybe. no, I'm just saying Reddit can get. Much more volatile. Yeah, than, uh, yeah, yeah. So at least Instagram. you can downvote people on on Reddit. I feel yeah. like uh, the number of downvotes for some of the comments. But I think just overall, <laughs> sorry before we move on, the disc golf, the R slash disc golf is just like a nicer community than the majority on Reddit. I, I thoroughly enjoy the the R disc golf community. There, there's a, but I a lot of lot of good people on there. Uh, and I would suggest that anyone that's looking to learn more about disc golf and and get good information of disc golf get get yourself a reddit username and go to our disc golf and and check it out so uh but so basically nico was taunted indirectly by some users they weren't you know tagging him or anything like that but it was in a picture that was tagged about him and they said some things that were you know maybe they wouldn't have said to his face i'm guessing not i don't think so it, but there was no profanity used and and one of the People would actually, you know, had several caveats in his his thing talking about how he liked Nico and and all this sort of stuff. But he felt that he needed to change his attitude and and things like that. Things that seemed very reasonable. And Nico lashed out and and posted several comments where he literally told someone on and this is on someone else's Instagram page, not his own. He told someone to swallow your words and choke on a fat. D, you know, star, 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 so dick. <clears throat> and then he told them... For- I mean, it's four stars, there's no D, so it might have been like... Might no, have it's, meant, there's the... He might have meant like bird or uh, yeah. goat. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, honestly, you don't give a, give a shit what you think, and neither does anybody else. He then told them further down the line to have a pillow fight filled with bricks. So, like, put bricks in pillowcase, which I... I don't know if you've ever held bricks before, but if you put more than a couple bricks in a pillowcase, that pillowcase is going to break pretty quick. I don't, well, plus, like, one in itself. Like, that's hard to swing around a brick. It's just kind of a weird analogy. Like, I, I mean... I mean, it should Normally, been... you would say, like, they, like mobsters and stuff like that. You'd be, like, a pillowcase full of oranges because it's not going to leave bruises. Right, right. Or you go... Like, that. Uh, or like you, newspapers. Or, or you do, like, the uh, bar of soap. Yeah. You know, like... I don't. I think there's something better. Where's the than... pillowcase full of bricks come from? I feel like they just rip the pillowcase and then you. I mean, I I'm probably going on a ledge, but I'm I'm gonna say that uh, maybe it was Nico's temper saying that. Yeah. And he wasn't thinking. 
incredibly clearly with those comments. Unfortunately, that's the case. I, you know, and maybe he'll tell me to choke on a dick too at some point down the line when because he obviously listens to every episode. Listen, that's a that's a big plus for but our podcast. I, I think if if I was a you know around him or or had his ear. I man, I would tell Nico, you gotta, you gotta be able to stomach that stuff. You know, you are one of the best players in the world, and you gotta be able to see negative comments about you. You're a public fi- figure. People are going to say negative things about you. People say negative things about Paul McBeth. The, you know, people say negative things about Ricky Wysocki. Yep. They're the best players in the world. Which are mostly like Robin. Robin hates Ricky Wysocki. <laughs> Loves him some Paul McBeth. But you have to be able to screen that stuff out and have the confidence and the and the wherewithal to just who cares? Like you don't have to say I don't care. Right. And, and it's okay dick. to use it as fuel and it's okay for it to like hype you up and get you going, but to respond with words, with crazy words is, is not the right way. It's okay and, to to take it and use it as fuel to go forward, you know, mm-hmm. you know that uh, absolutely that billboard material, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that bulletin board, bulletin. That's what I meant. Bulletin board material, yeah. like that's totally fine. I mean, you saw Ricky Wysocki kind of do that exact thing last exactly. year. Exactly, he took some comments from you know another pro, but still, and he kept it. He didn't lash out. He kind of he made some comments indicating that he knew. What was up? <laughs> and, and as soon as he did that, and then, <laughs> he didn't play as well, but whatever. <laughs> and then he made sure and he put it out on the field. So I, I think I would say the same thing to Nico. You know, people are doubting you. Go and show them on the disc golf course. Don't, don't, don't give them words. Words don't mean anything. Right, which is, which is honestly a big bummer. And I think I've shared it in this podcast a few times. Nico has been someone who kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Early on, kind of watching his videos. I remember a video, I don't know, probably three years ago, maybe four years ago, him calling a foot fault on, on Garrett Gerthy. Yeah, yeah. And it just totally rubbed me the wrong way. And, and I saw him through a different light. And really this year, I really uh, had to take a step back and was like, you know what? Nico is pulling it together. He's playing great. Last year, he had an amazing year. Yeah. I think he finished second overall last yeah. year just because he went and played he tournaments played and really, did well. He really, really well. And he was doing well this year. But I saw a few times where, you know, the the facade chipped away a little bit. And then to see this really bums me out and kind of brings me back to me like, well, maybe Nico is kind of who I thought he was and... That you know, aside from punching the ground a couple of times and a few other things, he really did most of his and I won't even say antics, but like the reactions, his you passion, saw, his passion. Yeah, that's 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 fine. That'll that's how we'll put it. But was was really not directed at anyone else. It was right. it was really internal towards himself. He was upset at himself. He slapped his disc or he hit the ground, and he's not you know yelling at other players or really causing a stink. And he's not the only one who I, does that. I too. don't. Yeah, and I don't think that he ever. It, I don't think that he's done anything recently. At least not that I've seen on a card that would disrupt the play of the other players and cause them to be upset with Nico. Whether they would want him to do that or not, I don't know. You know, I, I, you would have to ask people. I don't think that they actually care. You know, right. I think they're they're zoned in in their own place. And he's never done anything like that. I mean, but, there was that one time where he hit that big putt, and then he started riding his driver like it was a horse. <laughs> uh, and then that one time he missed the putt, and he threw his putter into the pond. And then that 
One time when he got in the fight with the dude from Price is Right. Oh, that was crazy. Uh, you know, you're so, you're describing a movie that I I feel like I've seen. And was that was that Happy Gilmore? That was. Yeah, oh, I think. Sorry, I think those are. I don't think any of those things happened uh, to Nico Castro. I think, I, was, I think that was Happy Gilmore. I thought that's what. Oh. I think that was Happy. Wow, what have I been doing? What have I been doing with my life? But uh, you know, I so I I think that in reality he's done a a good job recently of controlling his his on the course temper it just we got a little vision back into this and and unfortunately he decided to to do it to people that probably support him in some way even though they are saying things like that they they're watching him they they probably maybe they buy things from one of his daredevil or you know maybe they would be interested in a fly life disc golf shirt which is his brand um you know who knows, but you got to be aware of that stuff. If you have your own brand, you can't be getting mad at people that might buy things from your brand. Yep. And hopefully, there's people close to him that that understand that and can maybe try to try to help him. A PR person, who knows? But you know, he has his own company. I I don't know that he's got the the budget for someone right. to handle but PR. He might have but a full team, who knows? But I I I'd say if if he plans to keep lashing out at people on on instagram he needs to get someone to manage his instagram account right and and you know it, if he can't take a step back for sure take a step back and and realize that that what one person on instagram says about you is not you and doesn't matter and that you cannot let your anger about that that moment come out in public right. against and people. prove them right <laughs> yeah I, unfortunately yeah and you know we all know that that we can be affected by things like that when people say something about you and that we don't know exactly what it feels like to have someone, you know, talk crap about you in a public forum. Listen, we had an iTunes review <laughs> that was only three stars and cut a little deep. Yeah. Well, you know. But we're living with it. And I'm okay. So, I unfortunately... I hope that that this will be a learning experience and that it's not something that continues to happen, even though it's not the first time that that this has happened. Right. Dude is super talented. Yep. He is. He's got every shot you can think of. And then a lot of shots that people don't have at all. Yep. And, uh, you know, his, his, when he putts, he is just deadly. Mm-hmm. His straddle putt is, is something that I think is an advantage in a lot of situations because he doesn't have to change his stance when he gets a tricky lie, you know. I, so it, it's he's really a fun player to watch when he's on, and he can bomb with the best of them. Yes, he can. And it's, uh, I, I hope that he'll take this moment going into this next season to, to find it and, 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 to find that next level of play so that he can really be up there and, and be considered with, with Paul and, and Ricky in, in terms of the, the best players in the world. He has he can do all of the things that they can do. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't do it as consistently as right. they do. Right. So unfortunately that's golf. That's 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 disc golf. You it's more about what you can do consistently. So Yeah. Yeah. I think mean, that's all there is to say about that. I think so. So next, I want to talk about uh, Jeremy Colling, and we talked about it in the last episode. But uh, he has changed to Innova. 
and he gave us a preview on a uh, our disc golf podcast, which was uh, done on a live feed on the Central Coast Disc Golf YouTube channel, where he went through his uh, bag that he's currently testing out, and he he went through like I don't know like forty discs. It was a ton of discs, like an unbelievable amount. I was just like amazed. I'm like, when is this going to end? But um. He was throwing with an Octothorpe bag, which he made a very clear point to to point out. Yeah, to <laughs> discuss that bag and say how much he loved it, and uh, you know, talk about how Sexton gave it to him and things like that, or didn't give it to him, but, but got him into got it. him connected for it. So, and he had all kinds of stuff. I mean, the and the Octothorpe does advertise that it holds thirty discs. I know. If they weren't like back ordered and like. Four hundred dollars. They're three hundred. They're three hundred, and there's ones that, that are available now. Okay. Yeah. But it's still three hundred dollars. Yeah. There, if you like camo, you can get one now. But what if I lose it in the woods? I, that that was my my like, problem. Oh, where'd my where'd my bag go? It's you camouflage. Know, it's a I, it's it's a legitimate concern. Right. Right. You know. So I, I, I would be wary. <laughs> right. You know? I'm not gonna go out and get one. Yeah. Just yet. Yeah. Although I want one. But not yet. So I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because there was a ton of them. And if you really want to see it, and I recommend you do check out the, the podcast that he did with them. He was extremely charismatic. He was excited. Uh, he was funny. He said a, lo- a lot of really funny things. He called out Nicola Castro telling him that he had a Napoleon complex. He called Boom. out he called out Eagle McMahon about the USDGC. And he also discussed the USDGC um, in, in great length. I won't say he called out Eagle, but there was – he. One particular shot that the Eagle had thrown, he considered to be just a bad golf shot, and 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 uh, it worked. That particular shot he was talking about worked, but he just in general. Yeah, was, he basically what he broke down, and I the, I didn't see the whole thing, but I think I, I chimed in for the end of it. He just basically was like, the way Eagle was attacking the course isn't built to last. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, every once in a while you can string together two or three holes where you're going fully for it. And that's fine, but if you're trying to play an entire tournament or an entire round, trying to do the big shots, um, make up time, you know, there's a reason that everyone doesn't take those shots. It's exactly. not because not of the arm they have, it's because um, the ratio of making it the to... The risk-reward. the ri- Exactly, is, is so huge that, you know, if you miss it, now you're taking a five. Yeah, exactly. Right? So... And it, it reared its head. It did. And, and that was what, you know, did Eagle under in, in what he, you know, at the time didn't think was the final round, but ended up being in that weather-shortened USDGC, uh, you know. So he also discussed that in great length, which was awesome, and, you know, gave his insight into it, and, and which was, he's done before, but, you know, a little bit further removed from the tournament and, and things like that. It's, it's always nice to, to hear things clarified a, a little bit again. And um, I think the biggest thing that came out of the in the bag was that it was strongly hinted that his signature disc with Innova was going to be the Thunderbird. I'm excited. Me too. Extremely excited. I throw Thunderbirds, and I'm going to just throw a wad of cash at Innova. Yep. If and when the. Yep. I mean, I'll probably buy whatever signature disc comes out for for Jeremy. Either way, 
because I like him and I want to support him and uh, I I think he's a great player. But if I'm just gonna, it's gonna be right. I don't know if there's a disc that he could put out that I would be like, Ooh. yeah, I don't know. I'm Groove maybe. I, I think they're you know out of production, but maybe not. Who knows? I think they're out of production, so it wouldn't be that. I couldn't think of what else. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be a destroyer. Yeah, that's kind of taken. A, a dragon, maybe. I mean, they float. I would throw a dragon. <laughs> no, a wahoo. Wahoo's float. So do yeah. dragons. I didn't know dragons float. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a thunderbird would be awesome, especially uh, if it went. Either the way of the sexton sexy bird, mm-hmm. the beautiful like Ooh. colored glow. Yeah, that would or be. Or the KJ Naibo like swirly, swirly star. star. Like either way, I I'm down. I think if you're, a, I think my heart wants the 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 glow swirl, uh, you know, line uh, like like the sexy birds. I feel like we'll probably end up with the swirly star. Of, of whatever it is, but I, that would be one hot Thunderbird if they were to put it out in that same uh, glow plastic as like the Sexy he, Bird. Does he have enough like juice to kick Paul off the champ? Mm, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because if I mean a champ, I would. I mean the other two are beautiful and gorgeous, but I throw champ Thunderbird, so I would be excited for it. A champion as well. So I, I saw a comment from, from Paul Macbeth on, I think it was Disc Golf Course Review, saying that the uh, the the Sexton Firebirds outsold his signature discs like two or threefold or fourfold. Something, yeah. something along I those lines. I think he lines. said at times. So if, if I'm Innova and I know that, wouldn't you release another... another totally, totally. Glow? But plus... I mean, the stand's beautiful, but plus, it, like, it, flies it is a great. different flying firebird. It is. No. It is, an ama- like, to the point that Paul Macbeth carries a firebird now. He carries... It's true. It is... It a is, sexy bird. It's a, one of the rare kind of... It has a beautiful stamp. The plastic is beautiful. It glows. And it's also an incredible firebird. Right? Which is already a great Because I think it was, it, was a tour, uh, it was a touring disc, and then they went, never mind. We're just going to make this disc because yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Which I'm sure is how the McPro AVR started. And they're like, oh, people like Robin will buy 90 of these. So yeah. let's just make them all the time. I can't wait to buy more. I can't wait to see what the next iteration is. I'm I'm, I'm excited for, for more McPros in the world. So I'm excited for the whatever Coling <laughs> has. Uh, I'm So speaking, I'm speaking of McPros, he did uh, pull out the McPros and say that he was uh, in a dead heat between the McPro and the P2, this Mania P2, which are virtually identical discs, I throw both, um, and they are very subtle differences between the two. The D-Line P2 and the McPro AVR, they are extremely similar. But he uh, he said that he initially was very certain that he was going to be throwing P2s, and then the McPro kind of came in, and he's not sure, so... He could be throwing P2s putting with them, or he could be putting with McPro AVRs. We'll see about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say McPro AVR is what he's gonna end up. I, I with. think so. I would I would bet he seem, kind of seemed like that was that was what he was tilting. He yeah. was tilting. Um, you know, he's gonna have a P2 in his bag no matter what. He loves the C line P2, um, so he's gonna have that in there for driving. 
Um, he had some rocks in there, of course. Joe, very astute, said uh, that he really hoped that Coling put a boss in his bag. And sure enough, what he describes as his max distance disc is going to be the R-Pro boss. Yeah. So uh, he's going to have that in there. Uh, Thunderbirds, we already said. He's also going to have a, a Sexton Firebird in there. He got one from Sexton himself. And I, I think a, one part of it that came through, a tribute to how well-liked Jeremy Colling is, half of these discs were sent to him by other pros yeah. that were, like, happy that he was going to Innova and that Eagle McMahon sent him discs and, Paul, you know, Nate Sexton sent him discs and, like, all these other people sent him discs because they wanted him to have the best possible, right. you know, right. Innova plastic that, that he could possibly get and... uh uh, you know, he had a, a couple other ones. I think uh, interesting ones that he had in there. He also really loved the Nova, which is which is not a huge surprise. Um, the Gator and the Hog. The Hog is the new Innova disc. Right. He, he said those are coming, and he's excited to try those out. So I'll I'll be interested to see if that's something that I'm down makes with the his, Gator. I don't know about that Hog. I mean, Jeremy Colling has a good year with the Hog. We could be seeing some big Hog sales for Innova. I, I it, that's, that's I thought you one said of those things. like uh, big hog. Some big hog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's what his signature hog would be—the big hog. <laughs> the big hog, <laughs> something like that. Well, that's weird. <laughs> uh, you know, he had destroyers in there too, which is which is not a huge surprise. Right, which obvious. Yeah. Um, the one thing that that stru- stuck out to me, which is he had the Orion LS, which is actually manufactured Millennium, by, yeah. by by uh, Innova. Um, so that's not a surprise necessarily that's there, but it something was just you never think about. something you wouldn't think about. Right. Like when you list the things, that was one that, that he brought in there. The orc, he, he made uh, a point to mention the orc. It sounds like the orc is going to be in his and bag. And Sexton is a big orc guy. Yeah, so that's not one that you see in a ton of different places. Um, he definitely, in for Discmania, he brought out the FD, the MD3, the MD2. So... He he's definitely got a pretty good mix, and it'll be interesting to see his kind of final makeup. But it right. was, it, I definitely recommend if you have the time, watch, listen to the podcast. It's YouTube, so it's it's a watch thing. Right. But he goes through his whole bag and and talks about the whole thing. So yeah, really, I'm looking forward to it. She's yeah, pretty cool. It was it was really really interesting, and he was charismatic as hell. So it, that was great, and I thoroughly recommend listening to it. So speaking of Innova. And Jeremy Colling changing, and we had a lot of players change, but he was the kind of big name that changed this year. We also had some kind of, uh, you know, controversial news regarding Innova, which was Valerie Jenkins, longtime Innova sponsor player, I think 12? 12 years, yeah. 12 years with with Innova, uh, decided to discontinue her contract, which she had apparently told Innova at the beginning of last year. That would be her final. That it was going to be her final year with Innova. And proceeded to win the world championship this last year. She is the reigning world championship of the the FPO. She's a four-time world champion. Four-time world champion. You know, terrific player. A lot of fun to watch. And she, you know, had a a great year and, and played very well. Often overshadowed, even by us. Uh, you know, we were often talking about Paige and Katrina Allen and and really, you know, didn't 
didn't give we do we do picks on tournaments we'll get back into that when the season comes we talk about who we think's gonna win and i feel like we pick katrina allen like almost every time or and then we started page and then and, quickly moved to katrina and, and, on katrina. and you know so kind of overlooked her and and this was the exact complaint that she had within him not the exact we weren't overlooking her as a as a woman we were overlooking her for for other female players but she made a point to to come out and she did an interview with uh she did a statement on her website first and foremost that came out saying that she felt that Innova over the years did not give her the the credit that she was due for her accomplishments uh, specifically that that she felt that they were hesitant and reluctant to give uh, female players signature discs uh, specifically her and that uh, over the years that she was sponsored by them that she you know kind of had to constantly battle for for what she received uh, given her her accomplishments as a player in those world championships um, she all valid. Yeah, absolutely. And she did a couple of interviews. She did one on the Upshot podcast, which is UltaWorld, uh, com, which is a website that is about Ultimate uh, ultimate Frisbee and also has a disc golf division that has a, a you know good podcast. Probably the best pure news um, source in disc golf, I would say, would be UltaWorld Disc Golf. They are, they are you know, no, 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 uh, no bullshit like we do constantly they they just bring you the news which is which is that's good. cool hey. yeah and um and she was she elaborated in an interview with them she also did an interview with smashbox that i didn't listen to um i, I did listen to the ultra world one and I, the she talked about a lot of different things but the main thing that that i heard from her over and over again and the crux of the issue seemed to be the promotion Mm-hmm. She she felt slighted, like that she was not uh, promoted like the world champion that she was and is, and she also felt that they Innova deliberately did not uh, had a strategy or a decision to not give women a lot of signature discs or any in, in for that right. matter. And you know she not getting any until the Starfire, right. Um, you know, with this, which I feel like it was just last year that it, she got a star. It is, yeah, it literally was. Um, so, and and if you don't know, I mean, you should because you're listening to this. But for those new to disc golf, um, her brother is Avery Jenkins, who won a world championship and promptly got his name on a destroyer. Yes, and until last year, the Jenkins destroyer was. The, Every destroyer. Yeah. So until Paul, Paul McBeth just took it over last year, but I mean it was six or seven years of an Avery Jenkins. Yep. Where you'll hear still people like I know if I'm on the course and someone's throwing a destroyer and it does uh, something, you know, I'll usually ask like, is that an Avery or is yeah. that is that a Macbeth? It's and, an and important that's distinction, huge, you know. And that's you know when your brother has a world championship and gets his name on, arguably the number one, if not a top three disc from Innova, mm-hmm. and you've now rattled off three world championships prior to last year mm-hmm. and don't have a disc to your name. Like, I understand that being frustrating. Absolutely. And the other part was that she felt that she wasn't promoted. You know, when when uh, she would win or something would happen, you know, 
she's seeing other people on as the face of Innova, her brother, or Paul Macbeth. Or even Sexton crept in. And I think a part of that was him touring with Macbeth, and it mm-hmm. made it kind of like they were doing workshops. Um, I know, like, I was able to kind of, like, mold their entity into one, you know, with their... Mm-hmm. Their quote unquote sexy beast tour. Yeah. It's understandable. And I think that's totally true. Uh, they, they pushed them. And and that's rough. And I think a part of it. There was a unique situation. With, with Macbeth. To really like push mm-hmm. this. I mean, super dominant figure at the time. Yeah. You know not last year. But through 2015. Um. He just destroyed mm-hmm. everything to where I understand them kind of throwing all of their eggs in, in one basket. Yeah. But to have basically the PDGA rep her more than her own yeah. sponsor is pretty rough. I, I agree. And and that was the thing. You go to the PDGA website and you got Valerie Jenkins. The background of the website is Paul McBeth on one side and... Ricky Wysocki. Oh, you're right. Ricky Wysocki, sorry. And uh, Valerie Jenkins on the other side. And, you know, her face is on there. Like, those are the two championships, uh, champions of disc golf. And they're right there and mm-hmm. immediately. And I, I think she's got a little bit legitimate beef. Like, how hard is, would it be for Innova to, on their front page or whatever it is, to have her face and Paul's face in, like, the, you know, next to each other? It doesn't affect us from a. Right, I mean, I'd be pumped. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I am, you know, in the grand scheme, newer to disc golf. I think I realize it's been, I don't know, three or four years. It's been more than I realize that I've really been into it. And from the get-go, Val has been someone that I've looked up to. I mean, like, she is awesome. She has every throw, super consistent. And I am blown away that there aren't more Valerie Jenkins discs. Uh-huh. Like to the like I'll put it this way. When I saw that she had the Starfire coming out, I thought really hard about whether I wanted to get one. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, you know, if she can throw it mm-hmm. and it, it works for her, honestly, I'm probably similar to her arm speed. <laughs> yeah. or a little bit below <laughs> in, in in all seriousness like most because i've i've heard and i've seen comments by people saying that that uh there are people out there and that the sales figures support it that it sales figures meaning that that people don't buy women's discs in that they think that because it has a woman's name on it that it is a woman's disc and that and I, I believe them, I suppose, that the numbers support it. One of the first discs I ever putted with was a, was a, a JK AVR, the AVRX, right. Juliana no, Corver. To, to, to the point that I didn't realize until like a year into disc golf that the letters in front were for players. Like the KC Pro, the JK, I didn't realize it was Ken Climo yeah. and Juliana Corver. Um, but actually, the, the more I think about it, I, I think I did see, maybe it was... Maybe it was a JK at one point. I was like, oh, that's a lady. I don't know. And then quickly that disappeared from my mind. And I just wanted a disc that was awesome. And you hear great things about those discs. And it's funny that she just didn't get one till now. So here's my conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, Kind of the, the world that I live in, even like in my own job, 
I tend to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. uh, just to get another insight. So kind of a part of her statement or kind of, I guess, what she said in the podcast you were telling me uh, was that almost from the get-go, she was having these conversations with Innova saying, you know, trying to push, which I understand. And I think that's, you'll see, especially now and with her statement in the last few years, she has been pushing incredibly hard she's definitely the most outspoken of the women on tour about equality and getting more women out yeah i mean uh, sarah hokum has been pretty outspoken this last year especially definitely. with regard to the disc golf world tour and their lack of a female division which they have incorporated in right in for 2017 uh and and valerie jenkins has disc golf and has been a a big promoter you know going forward so right so, anyways, all I want to say is, um, never mind. <laughs> never mind. It's not for this podcast. <laughs> That's it. Um, I, I, I think, um, you know, there's the the disc golf is is a very different sport. And that we don't have to, as disc golfers, follow the same model as the other major sports of the world, which are very male-dominated. Even though our sport is male-dominated, we are hugely male population. Uh, it is a very accessible sport to any people mm-hmm. in terms of, of price to play. And that we are proud of the fact that we are not, you know, we don't have membership dues and it doesn't cost you $1,000 to get a set of golf clubs and play on this course that uses a crap ton of water to, to have manicured greens and have people paid to mow all the lawns. And we are proud of that. And at the same time, we should be proud of the fact that we are also inclusive of anybody and everyone that wants to play this sport. And I don't think that it would have been very difficult to make Valerie Jenkins feel like uh, she was a champion and that, that she was... Which she I, I think, is and four I, times. I don't think it would have hurt Innova at all to, to give her a signature disc. Maybe it's true that they don't get the sales that, that they expect on certain discs like that, but I, I don't think that... But I think, I think that's BS, and I don't think they have enough grounds to really make that statement. <clears throat> Um, I mean, I, I, I'm throw. I want to throw a disc that I enjoy, that that does what I want it to. Um, I think a lot of people could say may, say mm-hmm. the same thing about KJ Naibo. He's done a lot of stuff in Europe, but in the U.S., he's not done a ton. But I'll tell you right now, that T Bird made money. Yeah, I've got one. You've got one. I love it. That's true. A a a disc that people love that that looks good. It will sell. Um, there's a, there's a lot of other discs that could have been Val Jenkins that I would have bought mm-hmm. because it's a Starfire. I don't really know a Starfire. I don't really throw a Starfire. I don't I don't want it. I'm not I'm not into it. Yeah. I mean, if if she got her name on like a Sidewinder or something like that, I probably would have gone out and got myself absolutely. A, I, a I, Val Sidewinder. I've had a Sidewinder in and out of my bag over the years, and and something like that would would work out great. And to to be honest, you know, I think a a lot of players out there, if they're thinking that that you know, you know, well, the women don't throw as far as the men and things like that, I think a lot of players out there need to look in the mirror 
and realize you mentioned this briefly like my arm speed's probably closer like yeah you should probably look at 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 what the women are throwing because you're not Will Schustrick or Paul McBeth and and any one of these FPO players would just absolutely whoop you yep just absolutely whoop yep. you and and you should probably be looking to the more of the strategy that that a lot of the the FPO players put in, which is they'll use slightly more understable plastic, or maybe they're grabbing some lighter weight if mm-hmm. they can't quite uh, if they can't quite get the distance they're looking for. These things are really logical disc golf decisions that a lot of players could benefit from, rather than the macho kind of uh, traditional American sports behavior, which is that you know I, you know I'm a man, I'm going to throw you know the the fastest disc I can, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm a powerful player, and I do this and that. I think that. Listen, I lived in that world for a long time. Lived. I'm doing better. Are you now. sure past tense is the right, right, uh, right? <laughs> hey, I'm working on it. All right? I'm working on it. All I'm saying is that I think there's plenty of room, and and plenty of opportunity for the disc golf companies to put women uh, at the forefront and and market them and sell discs with their name on it, it purely because there are a lot of women out there that I think would really love to play disc golf and it, it purely for that market you know you don't necessarily have to do, make all your decisions based on your current market well you and you're starting to see other brands actually do this like I definitely at this point um, probably more so than in the past but definitely at this point Katrina Allen is is number one or number two mm-hmm. for Prodigy. Yes. Um, and Paige, Pierce just moved to Dynamic Disc. They're already putting videos yep. out with Which her. Which I love. With tips. No, great. But they're already, you know, she's already at the forefront. You know, they've already, I think, maybe they didn't say it explicitly, but I think we all know a Paige Pierce convict is coming. Um it's already been been pushed. Yep. You know it's happening. It's getting there, and I think and Paige Pierce convicts will do well. They will. I think they'll do just um, fine. No, totally. But I guess all I'm saying is if if they put Val's name on a disc that I actually throw, I would in a heartbeat pick that one up over a stock stamp mm-hmm. yeah. disc. I agree. Um, so here's another thing that I was just thinking about. So I'm going to throw it in. It's kind of it's kind of a curveball. It's really not. Do you think that when people move to new brands, when players move to new brands, they try and differentiate themselves and start throwing kind of the other unknown things to see if they can find something that they can make their own and be known for and and maybe get a signature that way? Or do you think they go with what works and just push for maybe that like number five out of the top five disc to be their own? I think it's somewhere in between. I think that every player wants to make their mark wherever they go. And do they think about the strategy of, of should I pick a disc that's not already an established signature disc for another player? Absolutely. I mean, we already know things like that from things like the the, the uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour where Drew Gibson, you know, intentionally missed a putt so that he could miss a bracket. So we already know that players think strategically right about the other players well, they're around so he's so. someone that actually comes to mind when i brought that up because if you watch stuff on ccdg and you watch different things one it might be him just getting to know his brand but he throws a lot of discs 
that you don't see any other trilogy mm-hmm. player throwing. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of it is him trying to see like if he can do work with that disc and kind of make it his own. And I feel like, and this is me totally 100% speculating, like in my mind, that was part of what kind of drove him away from Innova in the first place was to go somewhere where he could have more of an identity mm-hmm. and kind of stand on his own. Um, you know, like Sexton throws an R-Pro dart. Like, yeah. crazy things. I know... Um, and people... He has a signature dart, and people buy that. And right. I, so, you know, that's something we need to review on this podcast, frankly. I, I, I think that... Well, I... A, I think that while it's true in both ways, one, they want to be successful. And and two, they also want to make their own mark. Right. And I think they do consider it. I think that one thing that it, when you step back and, and look at the big picture, if you were the best disc golf in the world, it doesn't matter who had that disc. And ultimately, that should be your goal. Like, Paul McBeth didn't go out in, in, his, in his pursuit of being one of the best players in the world if not the best, you know, we'll find out this next year, Paul V. Ricky. Um, but he didn't go out v. being Colin, like, oh, I'm not going to be La Castro. I'm not going to throw destroyers because AJ's got his name on the destroyer. Right. He's gonna, I'm throwing destroyers because I throw destroyers. Yeah. And the destroyer is mine. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's the mentality that gets you championships and, and gets you signature discs and, and does that. So ultimately I think if you're trying to strategize, what disc would be most easily, uh, you know, turned into your signature disc? You're going about your your sports career in the wrong way. But I but I think when you go to, um, I would set like Prodigy aside from this conversation. Let's just say, um, and even set Discraft aside. Let's say Innova and any one of the trilogies, purely because there's such a huge catalog. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to kind of. I agree. Say, you know what, just because no one throws it doesn't mean it's a bad disc. Mm -hmm. It could have just been overshadowed by something. Um, I mean, I know other trilogy players threw it, but it's arguable to say that why Saki was the first to really make the harp. Oh, absolutely. Be the harp, right? So people probably had in their bag and they're like, oh, it's this cool, like, specialty, like, where a gator would live. Uh And now it's turned into. I make everything with this because it's yeah. the most amazing disc Straight on up earth. Harp, harp fever, right? Yeah. So you know it could no, have been, true. been that world. Um, who knows? Like we both love the Thunderbird, but maybe it's it's not. It wouldn't have been and, if it wasn't. I, you Macbeth have a Paul Macbeth signature Thunderbird too, don't I you? I do. I, yeah. I bought it fucking when it came yeah. out because I, I was like, Paul's name's on this. He's thrown this uh, at. I think he was he. I think he like broke it out at first at USDGC, mm-hmm. and he was bombing the Thunderbird. And I was like, "I'm gonna buy one yeah, of those." And it was it disc of the awesome. year when it came yep. out. And and, and yep. the Thunderbird is an awesome disc. It's it's not. Well, you don't I, have to sell me on the Thunderbird, right? So, but it's it's the name too to the point that. Um, and granted, I think the Sexton Firebird is is a special Firebird. But really, like, Paul wasn't throwing a Firebird. I wasn't in love with it, and there were a lot of people who were. And I was like, I'm not going to carry it because it doesn't feel good in my hand. And I've got this guy saying, hey, same thing. I don't like how it feels. And that helped me kind of persuade me to stop carrying it. Hmm. Um, See, you know, I've had a a Firebird in my bag all along. Right. And I did for a while. And and, and I've kind of always been of the opinion that you have to have a Firebird in your bag. 
Yeah. I just did. I don't. They they do. Right, but you came. Uh, I missed the overlap of the Ken Climo, mm-hmm. and I think you got on the tail end of like the Ken Climo. Um, yeah. Like I think I have like a twelve time. Firebird. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so I, I think I know I went on this crazy path, but I think that is something to look and think about. Um, and as we see, like these bigger pros come too, they end up getting their own like crazy molds of brand new discs. Like the Compass came out before that. When mm-hmm. Feldberg went to Latitude, the Dagger, which is what Ricky putts, putts with, with yeah. was what <laughs> it was. A mold that Feldberg came up with because he wanted to put with it and he doesn't put with it, I'm pretty positive. Yeah, I don't think... He, like, it was we'll made see. for him to put with and he's <laughs> moved away from it and Ricky found it and now is rolling yeah. with that. Yeah, and Feldberg will be an interesting story this year. He's coming off an injury, you know, seeing he's going to tour again and, and see see how he plays. That'll be, that'll be fun to watch. See how... I'm excited for some Feldberg. Yeah, me too. He's, like, salty... He's like like a, a salty like pirate type dude, um, and there were times where I was like, I've had enough Feldberg, but a year of no Feldberg was too long. Yeah, I agree. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm I 100% excited. Agree. I'm super excited for some Feldberg. I'm super over the top excited whenever it happens for Lazat to come back. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, it's gonna be a good year. So we're going on this crazy tangent far away. It's okay. From- you know, now that we've we were we've moved past, we've covered all these fluff topics. You know. I think it's time we got to our deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should put it in the bag. Time to get to a serious topic about disc golf and beer, rather than all this, you know, women and disc golf and and public relations. Why are you saying that's not serious? (laughs) I think that's a big deal, Robin. I don't think you should just, like, sweep that under the carpet. That's messed up. Joe, it was a joke. Wow. You know I have no <laughs> understanding of sarcasm and jokes. So today we have the Dynamic Discs Trespass, which is a 12-speed distance driver, 12-speed, uh, 5-glide, a turn of minus 1, and a fade of 3. And um, it, we have the one we tested and that we're uh, holding in our hands is Lucid Plastic, which is Dynamic Disc kind of translucent, you know, it's champion. It's their Opto. It's their... It's their Opto. VIP. Yeah. Champion. It's also red. Mm-hmm. And you've all heard me say multiple times there's on the Z- podcast, mm-hmm. there's something magical about red Opto slash... The red Opto plastic looks good. Lucid. Plus, this has a gold stamp on it, so... Uh, actually, and this came by way of our uh, friend of the podcast, Caleb, out of Colorado... He came to play around with us, uh, and it was just a little too much for the elevation he plays at and his arm speed, so he handed it off to me, which uh, we thank him for. Yeah, and we are pairing the Trespass with Sneak Attack by 21st Amendment Brewery, which is a Saison-style uh, ale, and it is 6.2% alcohol. It is uh, what they're calling a farmhouse ale brewed with cardamom which is like a spicy type flavor. So you're talking like like pumpkin pie, uh, cinnamon. Cardamom, which is, you know, a spice. Yeah, it's a spice. Right, but, I guess that makes almost enough sense in itself. It, it is a spice, yeah. right? So you were getting I don't a, think you ever find a spice that... I feel like they all... They're called a spice for a reason. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop with my... So, so the 
you know, you're getting a, a flavor palette that that I would consider similar to like your Hefeweizens, uh, your uh, your Wit style beers, yeah, things like that. Um, Fruity. It, it you get yeah, you definitely get a little bit of fruit. You're you're getting the kind of spicy flavor to it, so it's a uh, but a good in this one. Um, very dissimilar to the other beers in this category comes in a can. I don't know of many other. Right, because a lot of them uh, are made to kind of ferment extra in the bottle. Exactly. So this bottle condition. There you go. That's uh, that's what I meant to say. So, uh, which is very odd for for this type of beer. I I honestly can't think of another that is uh, that is produced in cans. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, Listen, I couldn't tell you very many saisons in general. So that's fair. That's also a fair point. but good beer. I think we should start with the trespass. Yes, and and talk about it first, and then we'll we'll get to the beer next. But uh, the trespass and being twelve speed, five glide, a minus one, um, and the disc itself that we're holding so, so, says minus point five. Right, dynamic says minus point five. We tend to use infinite discs for our numbers because they take into account themselves throwing it, but also pros and different people that. Um, leave reviews and kind of mm-hmm. adjust numbers to what they really feel it looks like, which and and is usually the the right path. I agree. I would even say that it's maybe like a minus one point five. Yep. Uh, if, if I had to to guess, and, I could. And we we talk constantly. We use flight numbers because they're helpful to describe the it's disc. A gauge. But we also constantly remind people that flight numbers aren't everything, and that the different companies. Their flight numbers mean very different things. And and if you can't throw the speed, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And if you can't hit the optimal speed of the disc, it's, it's probably not uh, relevant anyway. So uh, the disc itself says minus 0.5. Infinite disc says minus 1. Disc Golf Podcast says minus 1.5 so far is what yeah. we're saying. Yep. Um, really not for other 12-speed discs, the, the rim width to me was, was not as, as big as as i was expecting um in the thickness of of the right. rim it's it's um, it has very similar numbers to a destroyer but has a uh smaller rim yeah than a destroyer. and and which personally i'm not a huge fan of the really wide rim discs so that it was a little bit more comfortable for me and i i enjoyed that that part of the trespass in terms of the flight and the throw it comes out a nice kind of hyzer flip line out of this disc and even a little bit of turn out of it mm-hmm. that I was able to get right away um, with a disc like that, which for me personally is not normal with a, a brand new 12 speed disc. And perhaps, you know, this beat disc is a little bit more beat, but it, it looks in fairly excellent condition, even though it was, it, you know, there's not a ton of nicks in it. I think it's probably fairly close to new. So, but still was able to get some nice turns, some nice straight flight out of it. Um, it's great hyzer flip throws, good kind of easy distance out of this disc. Uh, the, the trespass was honestly pretty impressive for uh, for a 12-speed a distance driver. I right. think this is something that, that could really... And in the optoplastic is terrific. We've raved about it. Lucid. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I feel like Jeremy C-line I feel champion. Like, I feel like Jeremy Colling, who co- repeatedly referred to uh, to Discmania discs in Champion and Star uh, plastics, and instead of S line and C line. So I, I just did that. But yeah. uh, in the Lucid plastic, I, which we have along with Opto, 
mm-hmm. raved about um, in in previous podcasts. Just a nice, grippy, uh, durable plastic. Really, really terrific. So I, I was very impressed by the Trespass. A really great kind of um, effortless distance, I felt, right. for, for what would normally be kind of what I would consider to be a big arm disc. Yeah. In terms of the numbers. Yeah, totally. Uh, to the to the point that um, it's been, you know, probably a few weeks since we've thrown it. We threw it kind of extensively and then... Uh, it's ha- been raining. Not, right. Like hell in California, to, which to is the crazy. that we didn't look at the numbers and as we were looking them up for the podcast, we're kind of blown away that it was a 12. In our minds, it was like a 10 or, yeah. or a 9. Just because of how easy it was out of the hand. Not because of the distance we were getting with... Well, obviously, Robin throws... Um, some of his max distance discs are like 7 speed, like the FD. Yep. So, uh, you know, to see it at 12 was was kind of jaw-dropping, but not in a bad way. Um, I, right out of the right out of the gate, was just throwing it nice and flat, getting a nice S-turn. I mean, it was going right for me and coming right back, just like Robin said, a nice hyzer flip-up uh, to flatten maybe a little bit of turn. But I feel like this disc was so good at me just kind of picking a point in the field that I wanted to put it on and putting it right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very consistent, very controlled. I knew how to throw it right away. There wasn't Mm -hmm. any uh, adjusting angles or trying to aim at different points to get it to land where I want. It was kind of like point and shoot, which was pretty awesome. I feel like this is kind of the world that the hurricane is supposed to live in and probably uh, a beat-in destroyer. So when uh-huh. you see the dudes with big arms throwing a destroyer, I feel like maybe this is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so the rim also, being smaller than a destroyer or whatnot, is still very comfortable for me. And if you don't know, I really enjoy the insane, like crazy mm-hmm. wide rims. I really like the feeling of this. And the plastic as well. Um, I'm going to say something that may be slightly unfounded, but I feel like the, the Trespass is like the no-hype DDX. Ooh. Like, yes. I, I Totally. I, I, I'm I, right there. I think that's perfect. I, don't, I think in terms of what the DDX did with the splash that it made and, and everybody talking about it and, and, you know, oh, this disc gives you, you know, great distance. I feel like the Trespass is in that same exact category. It's got a similar feel on the rim. The flight characteristics are similar where you can, if you throw it really hard, you're going to get some turn and some mm-hmm. really long distance. If you give it a little bit of ease, you'll get a hyzer flip or just a nice straight clean hyzer. Um, I, I think this is kind of like the poor man, not even the poor man. No. Because I don't think there's any drop no, off. But that's just, a great Just kind of like the... The, point. the DDX that, that no one's talking about. And I, I think yeah, that, and I think the three fade, um, although it's not a big fade, feels like even less of a fade purely because of the nice little bit of turn that you can get. Mm-hmm. So that three fade does end up feeling more like a one or a two just because it's kind of coming back to plane from its little bit of right turn. So it really is, uh, if you have just, even in a tunnel, I feel like you have enough room to pretty much, yeah. quote-unquote, throw it straight because you're going to turn it just a little bit and it's going to come back. I didn't really throw in a ton of headwind, um, but I don't feel like I ever turned it over. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a nice, clean flyer. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And um, it, it it threw well. And, and uh, I, I don't know the three fade also on the end. I don't know that that's really... I don't think that's really. That's totally what I'm saying. I, you know, and and maybe it's a maybe it is a three. I wouldn't be uh, opposed to calling it a two, but I feel like it's kind of offset by that nice little turn. And I I just quickly looked up after saying it. You know, it kind of occurred to me on the podcast that they they felt and flew very similar. Um, the the actual statistics on the disc are very similar in terms of. The, the size, the rim, and everything else. The the rim width is narrower on the on the DDX, but the depth and the diameter um, and uh, and things like that are, are, are pretty much dead on. Um, sorry, the the rim width on the DDX is greater than the Trespass. Well, um, and the beautiful the thing height is is a little bit higher on the Trespass. The diameter is exact. The rim depth is exact. I mean, these are. I think that the trespass. If you're if you're a trilogy thrower or something like that, and you're not ready to jump into Discmania discs, uh, and you're looking for that same that same sort of feel, the trespass is something you need to try. It is. And here's the thing. So it's out of the box, true to these numbers, as true as we can pretend they yeah. are. You know, if if you're getting a C line DDX. It's going to be beefier. It's going to be pretty stable. It, it, yeah, it needs to get it needs I to get agree. beat in. Uh, that's that's one of the beautiful, amazing things, but also a fault depending on what your brand allegiance is or what you're used to when you're picking up a trilogy disc. I think we brought it before. They're a lot closer to those actual numbers out of the box than say an Innova disc, which or we Discmania. or Dismania, uh, which is a fantastic thing. So. Yeah, I, I I mean, very impressed. So Yeah, very impressed. Um, now on to the beer. The Sneak Attack, uh, Saison by 21st Amendment Brewery, which is a San Francisco brewery, kind of close to our hearts. Um, kind of a, uh, like a hazy colored beer, which is which is common for, for that style. Uh, you've got pretty, I would say, strong kind of spicy flavor to it off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then a very strong bitter flavor. Right. That's the sneak attack. <laughs> I get it. In my mind, anyways. <laughs> it was like, that's what I thought. It was uh, kind of crisp and refreshing. Uh, almost reminded me of like a lager. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, there was just like, hey, uh, I'm bitter. And and kind of like, a, I feel like ginger. Like something. Mm-hmm. There's like that. You get Maybe that that's spice. cardamom. I don't really know. What kind of, I'll be honest. Yeah. I... I couldn't tell you what I've eaten that like is cardamom uh, specific. Yeah, I I totally agree. I don't know either. So, <laughs> like in my mind, it's like clove or something. I don't know. That probably is what it is. But it has that flavor too. It's a tiny bit dry, but not as dry as as uh, some other saison style uh, beers. So, um, I don't know. You know, we mentioned the fact that this is in a can, a very beautiful can. There's artwork. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. 360 degrees on this can, just really, really kind of beautiful work, which is uh, kind of signature for 21st Amendment. They they uh, do artwork all over all of their cans, so a really kind of nice look to it. Um, easy drinking, you know, 6.2% alcohol, so it's going to do some work for you if, you're, if that's what you're looking for. Um, and not my... I'll be perfectly honest, not my favorite style of beer. Right. Uh, but it, it certainly works. I, I I think that some of people's complaints that I could see about this beer, actually, for me, I like it a little bit more 
as a result of that. See, and then I'm uh, so uh, I may or may not have had some whiskey tonight, <laughs> but just tasting it right now, I'm gonna say it reminds me of. And this is not a knock, by the way, because I love the beer that I'm comparing it to. It remi- it, it kind of tastes like a spicy, a spicier PBR with a bitter aftertaste. Oh man, PBR is amazing. Don't owe man that. Hi, well, I guess. I mean, ooh, you know what it is? It's not PBR. It's reminding me of a classy cowboy. Okay, that's oh. what it is. All right. That's totally what it is. We've, we've been proponents of the Classy Cowboy, which is a, a 50-50 mixed beer that you get only draft, I would say. Yes. It, it don't, don't do this with cans or bottles. Just keep it separate. But, but if, if these two beers are on draft where you're at, where you're at ask for this. Ask it, for it this or, or tell them what it is. But the Racer 5 by Bear Republic mixed 50-50 with PBR uh, is, is an excellent kind of midpoint uh, – of, of the two. So there's a slightly less hoppy, more bitter aftertaste classic cowboy. Take a sip and tell me. Well, I... I you're going to agree. You're going to agree. Watch. Um, I do what I want. And no. It's still, it's still really spicy. There's no... Those two beers do not produce the spice flavor that, that you're getting here. So... All right. Whatever. You're, you're like 100% wrong. Whoa. That's too far. Yeah. 100%. All right. 92%. I'll live with that. All right, fair enough. So, uh, so I'd, Robin, yo, tell me, tell me what your verdicts are because I uh-uh. think that's where we are. So uh, the the beer uh, is definitely worth trying. I I like it. It's not something I would personally bring on the course with me. Um, it's uh, while the can makes it nicely portable and and would be an easy thing to bring on if that's your style. It's not personally a style of beer that I really uh, seek out on a regular basis. It's not. Not my favorite. So, but now Twenty First Amendment puts out. So we actually got this beer in a mixed twelve pack. Uh huh. So if I had purchased said mixed twelve pack mm-hmm. and had a couple of these at the bottom of the twelve pack, I'd totally throw them in the yeah, bag. Yeah, no complaints. Uh, they also sell them in six packs. I'm not about to go and buy. I agree. A six pack yeah. of sneak attack. But yeah, the the mixed twelve pack or twelve pack by Twenty First Amendment's great. They got a cup. They have their brew free or or die. Uh, which IPA done on, on there, which we which we reviewed, and they've got an imperial IPA and like some light watery one that it's called El Sully, and then you know sneak attack, right? Um, and so I can see it making in the course purely because of buying said twelve pack. I agree. I don't think I would ever uh, purposely buy sneak attack to throw mm-hmm. in the bag. So I guess it's a eh, it can make it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm personally not going to bag the, the sneak attack. Now, the part I feel bad about, the trespass, which I am truly impressed by, I'm also not going to bag. So I'm I'm going to be a, a big Grinch about this and, and say no to both. Yeah. But I, I really do like the trespass quite a bit and think that it's it's a really great option for someone looking for a slightly understable distance driver. They're really, I mean, you, I think... You could get out and bite off some major distance with this disc, and just because of the understability and the glide that it comes yeah. with, and um, I, I think if anything, the the five glide number is is you know on the low side. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you could call this a six glide disc. I don't. I don't totally. 
So, I mean, your exact comparison, uh, I was on the fence, but I think you actually just talked me into <laughs> bumping out the DDX for the Trespass. Oh, okay. Um, so that was kind of the thing, is I, I really enjoyed it, and as we talked more and more about reviewing it, um, I wanted to take a, a bigger crack at it. Uh, I was thinking about putting it back in my bag, and I wasn't really sure, but exactly what you said, I think is going to going to push the DDX out at least for now so I think I am going to bag it um, the I, plastic is just is beautiful it feels good and like I said I really could get out in the field and, and kind of point and shoot and mm-hmm. be like I want it to go right there I'm going to get it right there yeah. um, I think the only difference between it and the, the, the most major distance the DDX is going to be more stable than this yes but uh, it, when you know, a lot of people have been throwing lighter weight DDXs and things like that. I think you could throw a max weight Trespass and, and get similar similar flight characteristics. And you get the kind of beat-in DDX right away. Right. And that's my only worry, too, about the Trespass is that once I, like, fall in love with it, as soon as I, I'm in, it's going to be It'll be your roller disc. Turn It'll over. be perfect. Right. And then you just get a new one. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so I actually... Um, I'm going to start bagging this. All right. Wow. That's awesome. Let's see. What was the last one that I... I probably the DX was the last one that I was like, <laughs> I'm going to bag this disc. I think there was something else in between. I have no idea. I think the biggest one on this podcast that I've been like in love with that's gone into the bag is the Gator. Mm-hmm. And that's still there today. Yeah. And it it is a beautiful, mm-hmm. amazing disc. So yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this. It's... It really is amazing, and if you throw in the, I'd say like the, probably like the three fifty to three eighty range, mm-hmm. get yourself a trespass. Yeah, I think you can pick up more distance if you're if you're kind of maxing out, you know, in the in the three eighty to in that sort of range or close to four hundred. I I think mm-hmm. that the trespass the the understability makes it throwable at that range. Right. Right. Totally. So, um, the beer, what do you say about the beer? I think kind of what I said, I, I'm not going to bag it. If, uh, if I have them sitting around, like I had, would have no problem throwing in the bag to, to, to knock down, but I definitely don't think I'm going to go out to the store to search out for some sneak attack to bring out on the course. Fair enough. Fair enough. I totally agree. All right. Totally agree. All so, right, what's your verdict? So that's so we got one out of four. You were the only one. You're gonna bag the trespass. I I say no to both. For now. For now. You'll probably you'll pr- probably well, find see, your way I, to the trespass. I am actively point. lowering the speed of the discs. I thing. know, well, but that's that's kind of the beautiful thing about the trespass, which we talked about too. You don't realize it's a twelve. You don't think about it you know, as I, a twelve. I, to be honest, when I first threw it, I thought it was a ten. Right. In a very awesome, positive yeah. way. The rim, the the rim width was the first thing that tricked me. Um, the rim width feels kind of ten speed in in terms of of that. So it is it is like a, a narrower rim than some of those other twelve speed discs. So that's what I think did it first was the just the feel. I'm like, oh, this feels like a like a ten eleven speed type rim. Um, and then when I threw it, 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 you know, it flipped up it, it I was able to kind of work with it and get, get more than just normally I pick up a 12 speed disc, even if it's a minus one, like a destroyer or something like that. It's an overstable disc, you know, like, isn't an outlaw minus one. It, 
an out- Legacy Outlaw, something like right. that. Right, or is it a zero? No, it's a minus you know, one. Like, I think it's like, a minus one. I grab a Legacy Outlaw. Or it's just, a minus one, and I'm like, no, it's not. I, I throw one of those. Like, they're just straight-up meat hooks. Right. Out of, you know, when they're brand new like that. And so to grab something like this that says it's 12 minus one and, and throw it and have it be workable and be able to get more than just a, a hyzer line out of it is it was was uh refreshing yeah i'm in uh so it's so it's one out of four yeah i'm gonna call this uh a dream world valerie jenkins signature fd Ooh, i like that so this is a uh i joked on our slack group that Val should sign with Dismania purely like as a little slap in the face to Innova, but also so she could keep her entire bag and maybe get a name on, on a disc that... So currently there is a Lazat signature FD. He's uh, got his name on enough stuff. He, he does. But yeah, I, I I mean, I'm a noted FD lover. Yes. Um, you do love that FD. I, I get it. I see what you see, did there. I didn't do um, it really well. But... I would would happily buy and throw a Valerie Jenkins signature FD. It's something that we we all love, but um, probably won't happen. Yeah, I I would imagine there are disc golf companies, and she indicated that people had had contacted her. But well, uh, I think like the I Discraft. Want, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I was like, got, Discraft got, probably was like, Nate Doss? hey, uh, hey, sure, you wanna, hey, you know, maybe we'll we'll give you a signature disc. Why don't you? Uh, how about the Avenger SS? Like. Right, I feel like it's a slap in the face, though. Like, nah, why not? I think she could. I think she could pump an Avenger. Oh yeah, on its own. Yeah, like totally. I don't think it needs to be an SS. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be up to her, whatever she. But uh, I, that'll be interesting to see whether, if I would assume that she would sign with somebody doing something. Well, she signs with uh, Flylight. I think disc golf. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> uh, uh, I would. I would think that Discraft would be a little silly not to not to be like, hey, you know, husband wife team, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, it wouldn't be crazy either for like Prodigy to be like, hey, mm-hmm. come on, come on. <laughs> you want signature? What? What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want your signature on? <laughs> come hang out with us. It's cool. We'll be friends. We'll make you a new disc called the VJ One, right? That's say it fast. It sounds. A little dirty. Ooh, I didn't think about that. You said it kind of fast, like ooh, that sounds. It's a little... Valerie Jenkins, her initials, right. and and Prodigy does. You know, that's how they do their disc naming, and it was. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Okay. BJ two. Still, it's it's all good. No, should I stop? Yes. Anyways. Anyways, uh, check out the beer. Check out the disc. Check out the disc, though. Really. Yeah. Check we, out the disc. We really enjoyed the Trespass. I would thoroughly recommend anyone uh, to check it out. Really, really great disc. And I would even say, like, too, um, because of the turn, if you are, like, a sidearm guy mm-hmm. or gal, it, for slightly lower speed sidearm, it would probably be a pretty legit disc. Yeah. Or, or even a Heiser Flip sidearm I was gonna or say, a for turnover. Me, for me, I throw pretty much all my sidearms end up coming out Heiser, so that was my big breakthrough was to throw kind of more understable stuff. Mm-hmm. This might be a nice flick disc for yeah. sure. I, I agree. I, I agree. Totally agree. So, 
That's all we got for this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast, episode 46. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to talking to you guys next week about disc golf. We're getting closer and closer to A-tier tournament action, which is the Aussie Open. Yes! Which we're we're just, like, inching towards. I feel like we've teased the, the Aussie Open, like, every episode Ever, so, yeah, for the last since three like months. November. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... It, we really are getting a lot closer to some legit like disc remember golf when we used to like make picks for tournaments yeah. and talk about getting, the courses we're gonna be able to do that again like <laughs> i miss soon. those times like real soon real soon so we're looking forward to that uh, please take the time to follow us on our various social media outlets we are all over the place we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram we have a SoundCloud account. We've got SoundCloud. iTunes. You can Joe, get us everywhere. Tell, tell them where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at the Disc Golf Podcast. We are on Twitter at the Disc Pod. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. You can just email us if you have any questions. Let us know what's up. The Disc Golf Podcast at gmail.com. We have this really cool thing. Uh, or we have a group on this really cool thing called Slack. So it's a big communication app. Uh, tons of people are on there. We uh, have at least one open player in the Slack group. If, if you want to get to know us intimately in a casual chat environment. That made it sound really greasy. Well, I mean, that if you didn't like that comment, you probably shouldn't join the Slack group. But if you love that comment, definitely join. Definitely join, yeah. Uh, so, basically, it's just a way for us to all chat, talk Lots about of- different type of disc courses, what to throw here, what to throw there, what rules you play, um, what you think about fantasy football, whatever. It's a good place to have fun. You can join that by just sending us your email address to our email, thedisgolfpodcast at gmail.com, or hitting us up on any one of our other social media outlets, uh, and we'll get back to you like stupid quick. Yeah, as fast as we possibly can. Like- yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. And thank you so much for listening. We look forward to talking to you guys next week. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope it's not raining or snowing too hard in your area. You can get out and play some disc golf. Get out there and throw stuff at stuff. <laughs>